0: Sometimes, oh, I'm sorry. Sometimes ago, Brother John Well spoke on uh, four categories of art. And uh, he used Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, to speak to us. And quite a number of us could relate to a description of art that he gave, which is the distracted art. Some weeks later, Nick Anson spoke on defeating distractions using John chapter 14, I am divine, to illustrate his point. And a week after, I got a text from Brother David Mark, and he said, Would you like to speak on June the twenty-third? And my distraction was gone. (laughs) Um, If you are not so good at this like me, once you are asked to speak and you commit, yes. I think it's a way. If when if we can live our life as if we are going to speak next Sunday, there will be little distraction. I can tell you that. I can tell you that much. You would like to study, you wait on God, you listen to preachers. Maybe God would drop something to your heart to bless his people with. It's such a way to deal with distraction. And I encourage even if you are not asked to, ladies, just take a topic and start writing something as if you are going to speak. I guarantee you there will be no distractions. (laughs) But today I'm not going to speak on, about destruction. The topic that I'm considering today is justification. And it is not by accident that Brother John Well started about salvation this morning. I think God just wants you to hear all about salvation today. And before I start, I would like to open with a prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for bringing us together this evening. I pray that, Lord Almighty, you will speak and help me through the Holy Spirit to communicate clearly and effectively in a way that heart will be impacted and life will be impacted as well. Lord, I thank you that you will bless your people as they listen as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was little, I was so blessed to have a mother who was so interested in my spiritual well-being. And early in life, she would take us to the church. And uh, we went to Sunday school, my brothers and my sisters. And um, it didn't take me time to really understand that there is God. But another reason and the delay was whether I would like to give my life to him, or to serve him. I struggled with that for a whole year of my, my teenager year. And um, I felt that today, if I'm speaking on justification, how good will it be, if I can tell you about how I come to know Christ myself. And. Um, when I was in the universities, I attended some fellowship you know, um, on campus. And oftentimes, I would go out during the altar call. And I would give my life to Christ. Along the way, I would think I've lost it. I struggled with an assurance of my salvation. Until one day, a missionary came knocking in my, no, on the door of my house. And uh, when I opened the door, I was just looking at a white man. He was from Indiana, from the United States. His name is Pastor Robert Smith. I may have told some of you. Pardon me if you have heard my story. And I was like, "What are you doing here?" And he shook hand with me, and he said, "Brother, do you go to church? I love to hear that, because." of Christians in Nigeria do go to church. So I was happy to tell him, yes, I, I do go to church. And he asked me a question that Brother John Well talked about this morning. And he said, more important than going to church is to know that you have a home in heaven. If you die today, do you know for sure if you are going to make heaven? I couldn't. I didn't know for sure if I was going to make heaven. And he said, if you can give me some few minutes, I will show you from the book of Romans how you can know for sure that if you die today, you will make heaven. And he started. I don't think I have liquor. Yeah, I would like to change. The first thing he told me was that there's no one righteous? That made me feel good. <laughs> when he said there's no one righteous, and he showed me from the scriptures, Romans three eleven. He said no, not one. And then he went further. He said for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans three twenty three. And that's how it started. He said he was going to show me five things. And that was the first thing he shared. Knowing that there's none righteous. No, not one. The God has told us that. And he's told me that is true. And he said, would you like to know what, what sin is? You are not righteous because of the sin. Because you are a sinner. And he said, would you like to know what a sin is? I didn't struggle with that because I know exactly what a sin is. So he helped me and he said, can you give me examples of sin? I started by mentioning the big, big ones. Murder, you know, the ones that will make me not feel that I haven't done. And he said, simply, what about lying? I said, yeah, I think I can relate with that. I've lied. And he said, you are a sinner. That was the second point. The first one is that there is no one righteous. The second is that you are a sinner. And he said, would you like to know where sin came from? And he took me to the Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and the man that is being talked about here is Adam. We all know him and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. I asked him, I said, why is God saying, therefore, as by one man? I think he took two to tango, Adam and Eve. But God put the responsibility on Adam, and he described it as by one man. And he said, The wages of sin. Would you like to know what the wages where sins will lead you? The wages of sin is death. That was the bad news. That is the sentence of guilt. The wages, what you earn by the atrocities and the transgression and sin that you have committed, is sin he asked me, do you want the bad news first or the good news? So I said, give me the bad news. And he gave me that. And then he went to good news, which is the gift of God. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. A criminal, a sinner is pardoned once you receive the gift of eternal life. And he said, Gabriel, if I ask you to jump up three times, and I will give you my Bible. Is that still a gift? I looked at it. To be honest with you, I said yes. He said, why will it be a gift when you've jumped up three times to get it? You've handed. it. He said, gift is something that you get so free, you do not work for it. And that is what the Lord is promising you, which is the gift of eternal life. And then he ends with Romans 5.8 that God proves, God demonstrates, God shows his own love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I would tell you since that day I knew for sure that my salvation is sealed and that God has promised that I shall by no means be cast away. The verse that I want to use today, however, to encourage you, is found in Romans 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Do I have, I can, if, if I have that, I can. I'm sorry. No? Oh, keyboard. I didn't hear, this one? Okay, thank you. So what does it mean to be justified? Justification is the reasonable ground for God's defense or vindication of a sinner, the ungodly. That is to say that you are not condemned. And it is only for those who have repented of their sin and believe in Jesus Christ. Romans 4, verse 8 says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. And in all the scriptures that I've listed here, you could see that the only thing that you can have to, ha- to be justified is to believe in Jesus Christ. John verse, no, chapter 1, verse 12 says that yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 3, 18 the same is believe. Repent and believe and you will be justified. Salvation is many sided. If you listen to Brother John this morning, he used a dimension of the broad way and the narrow way to explain salvation and it was quite clear salvation could be you can approach salvation the, the gospel in so many ways one of it is adoption we just read John 1 John chapter 1 verse 12 God acts as a father and he adopted us for as many that has received him the Bible say he gave them the power to become the children of God. He acted as a father. And the parable of the prodigal son will illustrate that the more for you how you can become God's child. Sanctification, God acted as a doctor. With justification, God acted as a judge. And the basis of the judgment is the moral law. No one has been able to keep the law of God. We have 10 commandments. Every one of us, we agree that we can hardly keep one of them. So we are all in this category. We have all broken God's law. And how can a sinner be justified? A sinner can be justified through Christ, if Christ's righteousness is imputed to to that person. It is not because of your own work. It is through the righteousness of God. There are two aspects of that. Even though the Christ's righteousness has been imputed to you, you still have the obligation to practice righteousness right from the moment you got saved. If you look at the world today, sometimes I do have clients, I talk to my clients, and uh, God will present opportunity for me to just preach the gospel to them. There are a lot of things out there, and Brother John mentioned quite a few of them this morning. The reaction and the responses that you get from people, and I try to put, you know, to put it here, some mistake at this point you know, that some people do make is that they will tell you that God is love. How can he punish if he's, if, he's God of, if he's God of love? If God is love, that means we can do no wrong. He will love us anyway. That, those are some of the responses you get when you speak to people. And through my work, God has really enabled me to meet so many coins that after sometimes I will tell them, do you really, after we've taken care of the mundane things, I will ask them, do you really want to know the truth to your problem? And then I will use that opportunity to present Christ to them. I was telling my kids about a boy, a young man that I met just this past Thursday. Host of issues. Mental health, economic depression and all kinds. hand Majority of this problem is because of his lifestyle. He's been to so many doctors, and he believed that none of them will help him. And he even told me that the doctor said, if only you can try to kill yourself, maybe we'll admit you at Abilene. And I looked at him, and I rested in my mind because his mother was there together with him. And I prayed, I said, God, help me to be able to meet this person's need before he goes away i don't know how it's going to happen because i'm not supposed to to do that unless he gave me the permission and i looked at him and i said you know what you are missing christ and he looked at me he said you know what i threw my bible into the garbage a few years ago and he looked at his mom he said, why are you pretending? As if you knew how what he's talking about. You never did anything right since, I was, since, since you gave, you gave back to me. I, I, didn't see, I didn't know you go to church. And they were at the point at, 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 of, of altercation. And I said, no, 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 no. And I called his name. I said, there is a personal responsibility here. Leave your mom alone. Lord willing, she's going to listen to our conversation as well and going forward she will have a decision to make and i told him i used john 317 there's no condemnation is not futuristic because it is declared in john 317 that for if you have believed in jesus christ you are not condemned for those that have not received him they are condemned already so there's no future is either you are or you are not. And he said, Gabriel, I would like to know more. His mom promised to give him a Bible. And I said, I will be praying with you. But if you ever need to reach out, this is where I go to. But you are not obligated to come to my church. He left happy, so I will believe, because the cry stopped because every few seconds he was crying and he said Gabriel you couldn't believe what has just happened I told the doctor that I was going to commit suicide and the doctor said I'm sorry that's your choice that's just by the way so God is love but at the same time God is fear is just is a God of love and is fear as well. he will judge and some people will say, oh, people commit sin ignorantly. You know, it's just a sinful pleasure. That is not what, you can be justified that way. It was mentioned this morning, Brad David mentioned it. Baptism does not save you. He does not cleanse you. Faith in Jesus Christ needs to be supplemented. Some people will tell you that. You can help your faith. And I I grew up with the Muslims. They believe so much in that. They go about with amulets and all kinds of spiritual jazz because they believe that their faith has to be supplemented. That's not who we are. And that's not what Christ is required from us. When we are justified through faith, and I'm going to share this scripture with you shortly, we have victory in Jesus Christ. And those victories is that Jesus was raised for our justifications. He was delivered, as we are told, read in the Bible, over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So if you are justified, that is your victory. Jesus went to death and was raised to life for your justification. You've been justified. You've been, you've been, you've been, God has defended you in the court of law and he has found you not guilty. The victory that we do have again is the power of sin is dead and is our greatest enemy. But just the scripture tells us that for us in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. And totally the victory that we have is that God has given us the gift of eternal life and that is found in the Second Timothy one nine and ten. I think there is a slide I'm missing out, and it's about the question that I have, that why do you have to have faith in Jesus Christ? Why faith in Jesus Christ? You are justified by faith in whom? In Jesus Christ. Why Jesus Christ? Some of, them are, some of these are mentioned this morning because He is God. Of all the religions that are out there, only God makes an exclusive statement. Exclusive in the sense that there is no other way. He said, I am the doll, I am the bread. I am the living water. I am the way, the truth, and life. That is an exclusive st- statement. It's not either or. all. You either accept it or you deny it. And the Bible tells us again that God has appointed, there is only one mediator between man and God. And that is The Lord Jesus Christ is the only mediator between man and God. That is why we have to put our faith in him. And that is why it is only and only in Jesus Christ. In Christ alone. Justification brings victory. And another one is to be justified is to have peace with God. And the kind of peace we are talking about is the kind of peace that was described by Paul. The peace that passes all human understanding. You are the peace. Once you are justified, that is part of the, primary the, 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 the rich blessings that comes with justification. We will see that in a second. The peace that comes with the knowledge that all your sins. This came up in, the, in our Bible, in our men's meeting yesterday. A friend of mine just raised it because he, he so much loved to know that God has taken care of all our sins. Both the past, the present, and the future has been pardoned. That's the peace, the peace that you know that there is no regret in your life, brother. we started the series that I think is going to continue with it. All your regret, knowing that you cannot, you can choose to forget them. Then the victory that comes with Christ's perfect righteousness. You can't get it in any other person or in any other deity, it is his righteousness, the holiness of Jesus Christ. And you have peace again because you have the verdict of not guilty. How how amazing it is to know that you are a sinner and you've been into the presence of God and God pronounced you not guilty because that is the way he chose to see you because of the precious blood of his son. So that when God is looking at you, he no longer sees Gabriel, who is a sinner. He sees the blood of Jesus covering me. And that is the kind of peace that you have. The comfort of God's love is restored in us. That's peace. Knowing that you that have been distanced or removed from the commonwealth of Israel... You that has been part of the darkness, you've been transported to the kingdom of light. Ephesians chapter 2. That you are far from the commonwealth of Israel, you've been brought nigh. Isn't that reassuring? That the comfort of God's love is restored once we are justified. And we are getting to the end, to be justified is to have God's blessings. And I highlighted all the, all the blessings that come with the, ta- with the chapter, the assurance. Look at it from chapter, uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, faith in, the, in Jesus Christ, look at all the blessings. I underline all the blessings. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, that is one, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That's the third one. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that the sovereign produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured in poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us this scripture is full of rich blessings one it says we have access to God in prayer The curtain is removed. We have access to God in prayer. You can talk and communicate with God as you like. Two, there is hope of heaven. You know that your eternity is guaranteed. And three, from that moment, you start to live a life of sanctified life, holy life, to make conducive for more spiritual blessings. That's what he's talking about. And number four said, God's love poured on her heart. How many times have you read in the Bible, but God, but God, but God, because of his message, because of his love, assuring you that this is what you get once you have been justified. Once the relationship is restored, once God has pronounced you not guilty, you that were formerly this, God has now declared you not condemned. You are not guilty. The fact that it is clear. And that is all the riches and the blessings that we find in that. I found it very reassuring. And I pray that the Lord will lead you to see exactly what this verse has just ministered to me since I began to, I began to read it. We can apply it to our lives is that to be justified, I want you to know, and go away with this, is to have peace. So if you are justified, you have peace with the Lord. If you, like assur- if you lack assurance, like I did, this is a good subject for you to study. When Satan makes you fearful, Here is your confidence, even in your sufferings. I know a lot of us are dealing with some things or or the other. Medical, job, finances, health. That is your confidence. That even though in your sufferings, he is there with you, working with you, And all his promises will be fulfilled in your life if you can lay claims to those because of his justification. And if trouble of any sort comes to you, this is your I found it as a support. It's your support, it's your confidence, and it's your assurance. I pray that the Lord will use it to minister to you as well. We will pray, and then I would like us to sing one song boldly high approach if if we still have the time please let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for the time, the little time we've been able to spend with you we thank you because I believe the majority and all if not all, the people that are here present have been justified by faith in you but we do have so many other people in our in our families, in our neighborhood, in our workplaces that have not come to know you or to respond, to respond to your saving grace. Lord, we just pray that you will grant them victories in their life, in their lives, and you will remove the spiritual blind, the blindness that blindfold them. I commit your Thomas Young into your hand. It's so precious, but it's on on the wrong direction, as we have been told this morning. I pray that, Lord, you will make him to have a turnaround, 180-degree turnaround, to know you. And for those who are in our families, our sisters who have not come to know you as well, Lord, we pray that you will walk in their lives in such a way that they will listen to the gospel, and they will make the right decision. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We pray that even as we go out this week, Lord, you will go with us. You'll grant us journey mercies and work mercies. For th- some of the people that were healed in our assembly, Lord, we just pray that you will comfort them and you will grant them healing, both mentally and physically, Lord. To you we give the glory to as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Boldly, high approach.